five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming to you from the Heat Dome, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omni Strand. Welcome, Omni. Thank you. Is it hot? I, I barely noticed. I thought I was oh. like sweating just from the excitement of being on the pod. That might have been it under normal circumstances, <laughs> but no, it is hot. And, you know, and this is the thing is there are probably listeners who uh, are, are, let's say outside of Vancouver. So I was going to say back East and in Toronto and that, and, but you know, just everywhere that are like, well, wait a minute, it's a, it's a heat wave. Like, and you just, you know, go inside, cool down. Well, the problem is, is there's no cool down inside like buildings in this temperate region of our continent. were not built with central air or air conditioning. And so yesterday the thermometer uh, in my, my unit here. So the thermostat, it goes to 30 degrees Celsius. It was maxed. It couldn't tell you what it said there, but we have this like <laughs> it was cheap melting. magnet. Ther- yeah, it was pretty much. We have this cheap magnet thermometer uh, stuck on our refrigerator and it was suggesting to me, it was 38 degrees Celsius in the, in the condo yesterday. <laughs> and that's, that's Monday. And then, you know, you know, today it was just as warm. Like, thank goodness we have a portable air conditioner, but it is, it is crazy how hot it's yeah, it's, it is it's not something struggling. Mine, mine, struggling too. I was told it's going to be cold in Canada. What the hell? Well, so and so, I'm talking. This is the thing: is I'm talking <laughs> to, to people in some of the communities I'm in. You know, some of them are from the United States and in the southern states where it's generally warm. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, what are you talking about? And so then I'm, I'm I'm talking about like the temperature, and I'm obviously talking in Celsius. So to them, that's like, well, that makes no sense. It's probably not that hot. And so when I explained that like Lytton BC, which is setting the all time, like the hottest yeah. ever been in Canada, three days in a row, they've broken a record three straight days is pushing 50 degrees Celsius, which is something like 125 Fahrenheit, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe even hotter. Like it, so 56, Lytton, how much was it? 46. Well, it, so they, today they were 49 something Oof. like pushing 50 degrees Celsius. It's it was hotter in Lytton BC yeah. yesterday than it ever has been in Las Vegas. Wow, really? Yeah, in like the that. literal desert. And so, perspective for those who don't know the the regional <laughs> geography, Lytton, British Columbia, is actually somewhat into the coastal mountains. You have to drive up the highway; it's about yeah. a four hour drive, sort of northeast from from Metro Vancouver. Um, it's uh, it's sort of perfect conditions for sort of the heat to sort of funnel up the valley, so to speak. But we actually, we have desert here in BC in the, in the Southern Okanagan, there is desert and it was hotter in Lytton. I can't imagine what it would have been like in like a Soyuz and that. I, I I was in Lytton once and the last time I've been there, I I froze my butt off. So it's uh, very funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. There was no freezing butts off. No, not, not yesterday or today for sure. You know what else is hot though? What? My pickums. Hey. Yep. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, not a good weekend <laughs> for me. Uh, although not a good weekend for a lot of people. Um, th- that said, there was, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was a statistic that only 6.9% of people got the, uh, nice. 
the Toronto um, Florida <laughs> match, right? Uh, and I'm going to presume all 6.9% of those people listen to our show. Because, <laughs> uh, cause, I mean, we got it right, or at least I got it right. I'm going to presume you went with the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good, good. So, I mean, there's a reason why you got to listen to to the podcast. But, uh, no, we're going to talk about more than just uh, Omni's Pickums and how well of a weekend it was for him. We're going to talk about the uh, the result of the Battle of Canada Part 2, as well as a couple other matches that both Toronto Defiant and Vancouver Titans had. Uh, Toronto's got uh, this upcoming week off, and uh, the Titans are back in action, so we'll set the weekend up. And everything else that we can think of or watch league-wise in our show. It is too hot to dilly-dally, so let's start pushing this payload. Moving the payload! Join me! Let's start off by talking about that uh, that match that only 6.9% of all people who participated in Overwatch League Pickums got correct. That is right. The Toronto Defiant took on the Florida Mayhem, and they came out with a 3-2 victory. Um, if you listen to Omni and I, we had both suggested that this was a, this is somewhat of a tough match, but we thought that, you know, Toronto could probably pull it out. Um, and I think you had actually used sort of the, the Homerism pick that uh, we're going to give the edge to Toronto. Obviously, you and I are probably the smartest podcasters out there, right? Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, but the numbers talk for themselves, right? They do, and you know, we look at this this match, and it was arguably back and forth. I mean, it, there are some suggesting that this was an upset. I don't, I don't feel it was. Um, when eh. we we look at, you know, the the way the the match went, I mean, there were winning conditions for for both teams. Yeah. Right. I mean, one might suggest that the Florida Mayhem had an opportunity uh, with Hanamura and to, to lock it down. They could not. But I mean, again, ultimately, the way what it came down to was, I think, two relatively even match teams and one who was able to go and sort of gut out that win or clutch out that that win. And by clutch out, I mean, uh, let Aspire show that he is worth more than a 30 day contract. Yeah, we talked a little bit about how. Um close this match going to be like we we spoke a little bit about how these two teams want to be a little bit more than you know the gatekeepers to the good teams and and mm-hmm. they're right there in the middle and they need to prove by winning you know against a similar team to to, to demonstrate that they are a little bit more than that but when the game started and it was in Ilios, the first uh, match i think it was in well toronto started really really bad the first first oh, first yeah. map didn't go well at all for them. Checkmate was actually the one who was impressive in, in terms of like the new face uh, on the block. Uh, mm-hmm. But then on Lighthouse, the fortune kind of tilted towards Toronto again, and they were they they managed to cap the point first. They kept playing uh, better, especially I think Hisu Sombra, and, and we'll come back to it a lot during this podcast. I, I think he this is his like. Uh, uh, well, he can play anything, but this is one of the one uh, one of the heroes uh, he's most comfortable with, I believe. And, uh, and again, they had the same comps in ruins, and Toronto just had the better start. They had good focus fire on on Gargoyle's Diva. Diva is essentially your go to pick when you want to win a map, and and the, both teams are equal. That's usually what it looks like you're going to have to tackle, and then they they put the hacks and on and all the pressure on the Diva. Like Florida did recap at around like ninety three percent, but Aspire uh, and again another name that we're gonna repeat a lot today, uh, he kept playing very very well. It looked like he's ready to go. He's out there to prove himself, 
And Toronto kind of simmered down, like in a good way. They didn't they didn't look as panicky as they were in well, and they just beat Ilios one zero. Yeah, the the Ilios fight. You're right. Started off very poorly for Toronto. Yeah, I think it was a hundred zero. A hundred to six. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Toronto, yeah, Toronto did get, a, I think, a short flip in it. I think that's what it was. Florida yeah. chased the team fight. Toronto got the flip, and then Florida came and finished it off and took it back. Um, but where we started to see, I think, Toronto falter early on was their their inability to work around Florida and the space that the that Florida was not providing them. They settled mm-hmm. down going into to round two and, and round three. And this is where I, I feel it became a much more balanced fight. But sure. You know, I, I feel that the where things really started to to get into gear for the the Toronto Defiant uh was uh was actually later on. Cause when we we get it out of Ilios and we go to Hollywood, yeah, neither team really did well. Yeah. Um, you know, Hollywood's, a, it, it's an interesting sort of map to me. Like we, we saw the Vancouver Titans when they had their dominance and we called it Hollywood North, hmm. but there seems to be a struggle with teams to either one, get that first point capture. It just sort of seems to be in my mind, one of the tougher hybrid maps to, to take that first point. And yet when that happens, there's suddenly this snowball Yeah, and Florida was really able to to sort of snowball. And I felt that, that he um, you know, both here and actually on, under Walter, while he did dial in on a Sombra sort of dialed out. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, he, yeah, he, he, he even was nanoed at some point. Like it, there was, there were a lot of weird plays going from Toronto. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately for, for Toronto, this is where they started to crack. They kept you know, running out of time. It felt like the their timer was going like going down way quicker than it should have been uh, going down. And you know, I, I feel that we we see the culmination. I'm sort of racing through this um, on Gibraltar when Toronto is having a relatively good first point hold uh, on defense, right. um, and Aspire started to exert some authority through a little uh, calisthenics um, yeah. on. Uh, I think it was uh, on Yaki at that time. And, and yeah. uh, we should also, I should mention, uh, Checkmate had come out uh, for BQB uh, for right. both Hollywood and, and Gibraltar. I felt that sort of settled things down. But Aspire went and teabagged Yaki, and Yaki didn't like that at all. And I, yeah, I, <laughs> it felt like every time they picked one another, there were like tactical crouching all around. It looked like they were taking it personally. Well, and see, this is the thing, though, is that I'm not going to suggest that Aspire, you know, <laughs> doing a little calisthenics over Yaki's corpse is the motivating factor. But, you know, we talk about this concept of bulletin board material in the world of traditional <laughs> sports. Sure. You don't, it, it goes one of two ways. You either mentally break them and they totally lose focus trying to go out of their way to get you back, or they take it so personally that they suddenly go and, and exert their own authority. And we, we started to see Yaki just feed or feast, sorry, yeah. I should say on, on the defiant and the defiant could not for the life of them, slow that snowball down. Yeah. Once Florida had pushed through that, that first doorway into hangar, it's as if it, everything was downhill. Sure. 
Not only that, but I feel like uh, they they caught him off guard a little bit with that wacky comp they started because Toronto came up with the Cree Tracer and, you know, the Winston, what, what you might expect in this phase. But Florida went Ash, Tracer, Zen, Mercy, Sig, and Bull. So mm-hmm. it was quite awkward to deal with because even though you were like, uh, you had to, to fight those uh, fights in isolation. And I feel like what you said, the mental breakage is what started see- is seeping in and and there was a, a lot of good plays that were happening because of Gargoyle. I think he had a really good uh, uh, map here, especially when they get through like the shuttle phase. It felt like there was no resistance there at all. And uh, they couldn't even get out of spawn. There was a weird moment there where uh, the D.Va went off the map to, to basically dodge uh, some of the firepower. But then, you know, Gargoyle just hoisted or <laughs> yeeted a rock at her. And uh, and yeah, and they couldn't even uh, return. It was kind kind of sad to see Michelle just get pooped off the map, and they couldn't even like contest the the card at the last moment. And they, despite like you said, taking so long to get the first point, you'd think like, oh yeah, that's good. We we actually managed to take some time on the clock. They managed to get all the way to three with uh, three point ten in the bank. Yeah, well, and that was what was nuts because once they got out of hangar, like. I, I, I think it was, I can't remember who the caster duo was at the time. Um, but the, it was sideshow plus whomever. Cause uh, so Brendan was that if I recall. Yeah. But he had his, his somber alt actually had the alt in, in hangar. Didn't, didn't pop it because I mean, ha- hangar was shambles. Yeah. And decided not to use it. And it was almost like the defiant were waiting for the, the EMP to initiate the fight. Hisu was waiting for maybe someone else to like initiate. And there was maybe this confusion or this misunderstanding. And so you had like Hisu playing one way, the rest of the defiant playing another. And then suddenly Florida is like, Oh, Hey, yeah, look, we're almost here. Let's, let's just wrap this up. And then EMP comes out in at what point is already lost fight. Like I, I just, yeah. Toronto was in shambles after yeah. having such a, a solid, arguably you know hold to that first checkpoint yeah so much so that florida kind of decided to keep this wacky comp on on uh their defense phase oh sorry on their uh on their defense phase yeah that's uh, that's what i meant to say and um they were still dominating toronto with yeah. discords and then like focus fire but finally and- they got like a short break and they got to one but you know shuttle phase again well- uh yeah, I mean it's it's a di- that phase is the most supposed to be the most difficult. Yeah, you know, Toronto unfortunately just didn't have an answer um, once they went inside, and and you know Florida gets that win. At this point, the way Hollywood went, it felt with Hollywood, Florida was just that much better. On Gibraltar, it just feels like Toronto's in shambles. Yeah, like the the wheels have have completely come off this bus. So that takes weird. us to Hanamura. And I think if you're a, a Florida Mayhem fan, you're probably thinking, yeah, Florida's going to wrap this one up in a nice little bow, chalk yeah. up our, our three points. And if we go back to earlier in the season where the Mayhem easily handled the Toronto Defiant to back in May, 3-0, you know, there's supposed to be a, a win here on Hanamura. Yeah, but that's- to the, well, I was going to say, you know, the Defiant and specifically Aspire decided to, uh, they felt uh, like they wanted to do it a little bit different. 
Yeah, that's kind of how I felt with the Suns going back home yesterday with a 3-1 lead and then losing <laughs> the game. <laughs> well, let's not talk about this anymore. Oh. Uh, yeah, Toronto started on defense. Uh, and Sato and the Defiant, they protected the point all the way to last minute, right? But we mm-hmm. saw this before. We saw this before. You, you never can rely on that last minute hold because, you know, sometimes you get those snowballs. Uh, but they finally got it. And... You know, they were able to focus down uh, Sato pretty well. And Yaki just cleaned up the rest. And on second, Florida, it looks like they're getting picks. And here we go. It's it's about to be like a 3-1. And it felt like all the momentum was with the Mayhem. But, you know, 2CP Magic was in the air. And <laughs> it helped uh, define a little bit. Uh, and, and there was less than a minute left. They, they actually held him uh, off for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they stabilized. Uh, but there was like another good EMP from BQB and Florida were able to finally cap it with 30 seconds. So there is a winning, like maybe not a winning condition yet, but but it looks like at least they were able to hold them off before they had like a, you know, a second point cap with like three minutes because that was a, a very possible thing. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just, just bringing, segueing into the attack phase where they kind of got the space that they needed after they just erased the tanks and um, and the fight on the second. Well, just they, they got to pick everyone and, and overtime was closing in. And it felt like, oh, here we go. Now it's overtime. And, and again, it looks like Florida is going to be able to have this, like at least a, a considerable advantage in, in the overtime, not overtime, but the time bank phase. But Aspiring Hisu and Michelle, they they kind of had like a very good desperation fight, and they they were able to cap. And now you're you're through to the time bank phase, and I think Florida, yeah, the Florida had like a minute and a half, and Toronto gets you know the one minute from the overtime pick, uh, the the overtime cap. Yeah. So the, what do you do in desperation? You you take uh, you do the sim strat, the the, the teleporter strat, strat. Well. The the sim strat. So if you, if you consider both both teams did sim, yeah, but both teams did not go the same sim strat. I feel like the team that attacks first in this phase and and in a scenario that both teams go for the sim strat, the first team at least gets disadvantage of you know the 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 surprise the surprise effect the the factor of surprise. Maybe that was the difference. Maybe just Aspire is better on that hero, but they just melted them off the point and they capped well, first pretty pretty handily. Well, yeah, Toronto just decided, like they came out. I think Florida has to expect Sim. Right? Mm. I mean, I, I can't imagine a team not trying Sim, on, especially on Hanamura. Um, but yeah, just straight to the point. Up goes the, uh, the turrets and Sim go bzzz. Yeah. And the the comp that Florida had ha, was almost for at least from a defensive perspective structured in such a way to help that sim beam charge. Sure, a lot of yeah. shields, a, a, a lot of tanks. Yeah, <laughs> like it was unfortunate for Florida that they could not drop a spire quick, yeah. and then the next thing you know, a spire is just just melting. Yeah, melting the man. The diva too that can't do anything about it, you know. No defense metrics for the beam. Exactly, and yet that's still charging the beam up because of the yep. damage it's being dealt. So, unfortunately for the mayhem, Toronto just takes point, says thank you. Oh. 
So why does it work for Toronto, but not in Florida mayhem? Is uh, it truly just the, the first attack? I think it was maybe more predictable for them. They, they had a, a spire with a, with a hero play again. Something needs to be said about, you know, the, the individual performance as well. He had a crucial DMEC there. And once your diva is out of her big robot, it's a little hard to win the fight. And I think like Toronto, she just has to, you know, remake and it's like a, you know, <laughs> yeah. second alt. Probably. But if you don't have the time to, to get that uh, charge, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Maybe Toronto, just because they came as underdogs into this map and, and their win condition was a little bit that their window of winning was a little bit tighter and having yeah. gotten the first point they they had more faith. I don't know. Yeah, It's mental. But- it, it, it's uh, it works in mysterious ways. But that's the thing, like this win by the Defiant, I think shook the ma'am. I think they felt oh, yeah. they had three points wrapped up. And when they lost Hanamura, which I don't feel that Toronto dominated Florida by any sense of the word on Hanamura. Yeah, right. Florida, Florida cracked. And that takes us to Li Jiang where Florida just wasn't in it. You know who was in it? The Junkrat was. <laughs> oh, that was that was a good map, the control center map, the first one. Well, Ooh, the junk and so sim. The the aspired junk rat needed to warm up. Like <laughs> early early on in the fight, I don't feel he did a whole lot. But then once he, no. he you know had that that Australian tire, you know, nice and nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, like it was. It was dominant. I actually going to say that. Yes, the 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 rounds were one hundred to forty four and one hundred to forty three. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it was that, those percentages don't don't give Toronto their due. It was dominant. Florida just seemed to be occupying temporarily. Sure, it was like you could you could feel their backs were uh, up against the wall and aspire again popping off really really well i think checkmate came in again and played a little bit not of this there in. but like not good enough florida had also in market reaper um was reaper doomfist for toronto and and, and that w- went well as well florida did get the initial cap there but aspire again with the amazing plays and it was um Three two to toronto i think also sato's rain uh rain <laughs> sato's uh ryan was pretty good Oh, it, it definitely was. Yeah, we'll talk we, more about the Sad Orion a little bit. We later all on, we but. spoke a little bit about this before that I feel like a lot of uh, uh people have these preconceptions of some some of the these pros like can play only one hero just from remembering their peaks before on like maybe a Winston or something else, but they you know they 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 get better on all of these. So it was a good a good uh, performance from him. So that uh, that three two win sets Toronto up quite well, gets them off uh, in the summer showdown as best as they uh, obviously hope, uh, and uh, they got to kick back and watch the competition they were going to face on Sunday play right after them, and that's when the Boston uh, Uprising found themselves taking on the Vancouver Titans. Uh, if you listen to the show, uh, you Omni had suggested it was quite possible that this was going to be a breadsticks match. Yeah, Danny made matches. Danny made my predictions come true. They were there. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. So Before yes, Danny was handing out, handing out breadsticks uh, from from his uh, virtual uh, analyst uh, <laughs> desk. But um, if the Vancouver Titans, so if you recall when uh, Justin joined us and we had asked him, like, oh, "Was Toronto the rival?" He had said, "No, Boston was." Mm. 
I get why Boston was the rival because the new Titans beat them twice last season, three Oh sweeps. Uh, I don't know if Boston had taken that personally or is Boston truly a good team, but uh, yeah, the Vancouver Titans, well, they got a map. Yeah. That didn't look, you know, as a, like we've seen them like lose three Oh, in matches that the score is not indicative of sure. This one is three, one Boston at no point in time. Did I think yeah. Boston wasn't going to win this? I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Like Boston, they're by no means are like a, a world beater or something like that. But Vancouver is a zero zero and eight team versus Boston, who is a three and five team, three and five better than zero and eight. Sure. Right? But, but I feel that, some of those losses that Boston has had, Boston yeah. was the reason for the loss. Oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah, that they sure. had played a team that was better. It was Boston found a way to lose. They're kind of turned yeah. the page a little bit recently. Maybe that's a thing. Uh, well, we saw Punk come back in. And I thought sure. it was going to be Punk infusions because Ryan was there. It was not. It was stand one and Punk. And Punk has found his off-tank game. He certainly has. I think Busan, the first map, was Sanctuary. Uh, we saw, not for the first time, but we saw like uh, Lingzer and Dalton uh, playing together, and it, it seemed like that was the plan for, for this stage or for this week. I'm not sure. Uh, Dalton was running the Sombra. Uh, well, sorry, Lingzer and Dalton were running the Sombra Reaper Diva Winston. You know, They tried to go for a more proactive comp, something more aggressive, but... but for some reason, uh, Boston, they drew first blood with their more slower comp and Cree, May, Ryan, and Diva. It's like uh, you you have a good plan going in and you just, I don't know if it's a follow-up. I don't know if it's if we need to start to talk about like the, the levels of, of talent we have on the team. But like Titans didn't really stand a chance there. They didn't have that, you know that recap that you you see sometimes but i think it was at like 95 percent for boston and then boston still had their ults and then valentine you know he was playing torb and then punk got to with his like self-destruct and and you know vancouver they they tried to have like a recap or something but boston just wins a fairly close fight at the end, like one zero and city center. Again, it's, it's like, it's not really, it, it gets even worse. Something that happens with Toronto, uh, with uh, Vancouver, especially, especially when they like lose a close one, it feels like they're deflated and, and they're losing energy. And it's like, you'd see in regular sports, you, you can definitely tell when a player is fatigued, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell so he's just not executing quite as well, but I think it's very similar to what we see in, in esports as well. Like maybe it's the mental fatigue, maybe maybe it's even in the fingers. I'm not sure, but like City Center definitely had those signs. The fights were all clearly going in Boston's favor, and and Titans they went for like a somber McCree, but um, yeah, except for Dalton, uh, who was maybe him and FRD who who were playing quite well this week. Uh, a lot of ults are thrown all the time for no apparent reason. And Boston just looked better and, and they went up, you know, one zero after Busan. Well, I think, you know, ultimately I look at it this way. I think felt punk was the superior off tank between him and FRD. Not to suggest FRD wasn't playing well. You're right. I think he was. And Dalton was. Sure. Yeah, he, you're right. He also, played a little bit better in, in the second game. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, against Toronto. But, 
in this one, but like the Stan one Chen Sik matchup was definitively Stan one. Like yeah, whether it was that Stan one was getting better support mm -hmm. or simply it was just the better tank. It there, it was no contest. And I think what we saw was Chang Sik. Like I, there was this discussion, like, is he an improvement upon Shredlock? And I'm not so certain he was. I feel that Changsik plays like a Winston um, better than maybe Shred did, but then Shred was more capable on the Rhine. Um, I, I just. It's also an I, unfair comparison a little bit because he's like tossed into it without even, you know, well, playing. True, and he's on pain. Yeah. Right. And, right. I mean, that, it doesn't help either, but there, there, there were times where Changsik would lead the fight. He'd die. He'd be the first pick. Which sure. is actually different than what the Vancouver Titans are accustomed to. They're normally accustomed to roll for fire being that first pick. Um, but in this particular case, your main tank drops and yeah. then suddenly it's it's you know completely reliant on the likes of Lynxer or Dalton to to equalize. And I don't quite understand some of the hero picks that we were seeing. Like we first of all, we did not see Taru at all this weekend. And so yeah. you had Lynxer transition onto heroes we've seen Taru play quite well yeah i'm not sure how i feel about this like it's it doesn't look better no it, it doesn't and that's why like maybe there's there are there's something more at play with Taru. maybe it's a health issue we don't know nothing's been said yeah. but the struggle here is that dalton i think was doing quite well arguably on on sure. especially specifically mccree we saw him a little bit on the tracer throughout this entire match um uh, it sadly reminds me of the times where uh, we saw last year Dalton uh, with um, oh I forgot the guy's name Shockwave. No, before Shockwave Suna? came. Oh yeah, when we had Suna? when he had to to play with Suna, where they had no like they couldn't like really benefit from each other's plays, and and it felt like Dalton was uh, kind of winning, getting picks, and and nothing was happening. And that's kind of well, how I feel like when he plays with with Lingzer, there's no synergy between the two. Well, I actually I'd argue that there was synergy. We saw it on Hollywood. Oh, and yeah, sure. The Hollywood was actually we had a good uh, win condition there, and and uh, yeah, right. But it, again, this is where I feel you know Linkser's Linkser and Dalton are both playing to heroes which fit within their strength, um, and sure. it, it just it felt more as if there like there was more comfort. For both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know if the synergy exists as, as well as it probably should to your point, but we saw some of that and that complementary play style allowed for the Vancouver Titans to give the Boston uprising fits. What we saw from Boston on Busan, we started to see sort of cracks in the, the armor yeah. on, on Hollywood. Yeah, they 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 had a lot of, uh, like dumb moments there. Uh, weird decisions. Uh, there was like a wasted shatter at one point, I remember. But anyways, I feel like uh, on defense, they came out with a Sim May, right? And then they were able to pick Changsik at one point, like they did before. And But still, Titans were more resilient in this map. And they held without a, like that particular fight where Changsik was picked. They didn't even like lose a single tick. And they held well. And, and a lot of things were going their way. But eventually they lost uh, you know the points uh, the point and and momentum but they kind of were able to withstand the onslaught and they held before two with less than a minute to go so you know it's 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 possible to win and and when they did on offense they they were more assertive right that's something that we were always wanting to see and then 
the Nana Winston came first from our uh, um, side and we got like a sneaky Dalton uh, push, <laughs> something that it seemed like to be a theme for, for, for the team where Dalton just goes off on a flank. Uh, sometimes it works like on this particular offense. Well, mostly. It, yeah. And when he starts doing it on Gibraltar, yeah, not so much. Like it, so it much. felt like he was freelancing. Yeah. But yeah, and then they pushed the card a little bit, and it felt like uh, the Titans were figured out a little bit too from from the Boston side. Uh, but they did like adapt kind of late with a Cree switch. Uh, it felt like maybe a little too little too late. There was another switch onto Ryan in overtime, but Vancouver won the fight in overtime, and I was like, "Is this winnable?" And yeah, it was, and they managed to to snag Hollywood, and it was one one, and I, I was hopeful that maybe. It's kind of like a, a, a turn into the right direction for uh, Vancouver going to G- Gibraltar, and then uh, on we we started on attack, and I think uh, Color Hex was brought in right on for Boston. Yeah, check came in to to, to play the tracer. Yeah, yeah, and so, I, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just here's the struggle I have with the Vancouver Titans right now. They get a map win. They're good for a map win. And they, they give this sort of sense of, oh, they've turned a corner. Things are starting to, to really, you know, come around. And then they follow it up with a map like Gibraltar where it's like, why did everything we just see you do well on Hollywood somehow not carry over to Gibraltar? It's not like your, your opponent has adapted to such a manner that they've completely countered what you did previously. It's that you... you, you, you forget everything that you did well to simply do something entirely different. Yeah. I feel like uh, Gibraltar, especially that, that second phase, is a common point for the Titans to just like, you know, uh, lose uh, uh, at a point where it feels like there is some hope. And it, it was also happening, I feel like, in the game they had against uh, Paris. And, well, uh, well, So Paris is the epitome of how this season went. Yeah. You know, let's, let's be realistic, but, uh, um, someone I actually know outside of, uh, our community, but follows the Overwatch League, a Houston outlaw fan. Um, he drops DMs throughout the, the weekend watching the matches and, uh, his, his words, uh, let me see here. Um, what in the actual F was Dalton doing? This is on, uh, Gibraltar. And he's like, Van down 2-1. Been some really sketch plays out of Dalton on a couple of maps. Still, they did win a map already, not the worst showing. But dude, he threw first point Gibraltar. Some sort of galaxy brain tracer super flank left his hang high and dry and double bubble dive comp. And this is, I think, like to the point on Dalton, I kind of wonder, because he is good. Does he feel the need to have the galaxy brain stuff like we we see we saw him sort of doing some flank stuff against Toronto. We saw when especially McCree, but we start to see him almost like go big or go home. And is that because he feels he needs to carry? I feel like it is. Yeah, that's why I said it. it's very reminiscent of of what was uh, so bad about like the initial phase of the New Titans last year. And when you have like a player like Shockwave, and you'll see this in every like team if your second option is good enough to be a first option it's very very good the problem happens when that 
person who's like good, almost good enough to be a first option, but there's no, uh, not enough firepower of, of for the second option. It feels like he tries to do too much, and, and it becomes like detrimental to the team. And and, and this is where you you start missing, uh, you know, a player like uh, of Shockwave's caliber, where where uh, when the team uh, um, focuses down on Shockwave a lot, well, you can you can be sure that Dalton's going to have a field day, and he has the talent to. You know, mm-hmm. to to pop off like this, but if if like you have someone like Teru or or Lingzer, um, no disrespect to them, but they're not they're not at that level, especially like Lingzer this year. Um, it leaves much to be desired, and obviously, it's much easier to to shut down whatever the Titans are trying to do on on you know on the DPS front. Uh, maybe part of it is frustration as well, like. You know they're zero and eight. You at some point you got to try to break that mold with with some stupid things that might work at some point. You know, yeah, because well, the, the normal be stuff doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's the you know someone had compared it to like it's just like when bumpers flanking and it just worked for him. Well, no, we didn't see bumper flank out of desperation. We saw bumper flank out of arrogance. Yeah. Right. It got the the Titans of that era in trouble from time to time. Like uh, that Chengdu match, a bumper flank was ultimately what made that match a thing and suddenly gave hmm. uh, the Chengdu hunters, uh, you know, godlike powers. But the point is, is that, yeah, Dalton is, is, is what I would say freelancing. Sure. And I feel that that takes away from the team, unless this is their plan. Hey, Dalton, you go do this. You know, it's, it's the let's pocket Dalton type. Well, they're not pocketing them, but you're like, you know, Dalton, get the ball, go score a touchdown. We'll run around on the field. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know um, how to express it any other way. I mean, we go into Hanamura and I mean, I don't even know what to make of Hanamura. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just like, um, the downward, uh, downward spire or spiral that I, uh, <laughs> talked about before that I uh, heard from the world of chess. You do, you have a couple of bad plays and it just like becomes better, uh, worse and worse as time mm-hmm. goes on. So I feel like that what happened and, and something that we didn't really touch upon, but like you could feel the, 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 the vast, there was a huge difference in level of play between our support line and their support line in this game. Myungbong was having like a field day. It was like, you know, hitting all those nades on, on our team and it felt like there was no reply from the other side. And and Hanamura, like you said, I, I barely even took any notes. I was so like done with this game. I was, oh, like, I, I was done after Gibraltar. <laughs> yeah. I I wrote a map for Hanamura defense. Point A lost quick, point B with one minute on the clock. That's it. And then on offense, while well, they grabbed the super quick A and two ticks on first push, unfortunate blizzard eat from Boston. Punk eats Blizz again. Something that's going to happen again, by the way. I'm not sure what's going on with the Teru situation. Uh, we mentioned before that once the Winston uh, um, um, players ranking went out or the hero ranking went out, Teru was actually the only player from the Titans appearing on any of these. He was uh, performing very well on the main. When you have uh, a Lingzer playing on the main, something that he was never known for playing before. Oh. Like uh, I, feel, I feel bad for you, you gotta suspect, yeah, it's it's not his role, anyways. It feels like oh, and, and again, we're going coming to the to that uh, lack of uh, 
synergy because like well dalton is the one that plays uh your flex uh heroes and 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 usually it is uh the other dps that needs to play all the the how you call them projectiles right but but again linkser is kind of well dalton is kind of also playing projectiles but you get what i mean linkser shouldn't play the may especially when you have taru and no. yeah and, and titans just you know wither out and and it's it's game over and I, like Linkser, I feel so bad for this kid because he's being asked to play heroes that I don't feel are anywhere near his wheelhouse. And, you know, yeah, you could argue the Vancouver Titans is no different than like Dalton and Shockwave last time or Dalton and Zuna last time. And you know what? Maybe there's some truth. Maybe there's something that the coaching staff and Justin see about having the same player and player pool as having synergy. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't understand. But Linkser, when he is dominant, is when he's playing the Ash, right? Yeah. When we start to see him click these heads. Um, and, you know, there was, I think, a map where he came out with legs, like, you know, which, you know, hmm. hits can. But the point being is that there are some heroes that he is much better at. <laughs> May is not it. It's very true. We're going to talk about this in, in Toronto, but he had better impact on just like trying to rush from spawn on McCree and on soldier more uh, for like five seconds, more a positive impact than, than like playing full maps on the May. And again, yeah. that's because just, it's not his comfort pick. No. So the Vancouver Titans lose to the Boston Uprising 3-1. Uh, no breadsticks for anyone outside of what Danny had shown. Um, we also didn't mention this early on, but the Vancouver Titans changed the breadsticks uh, qualifier. It used to be it was you know, five maps or uh, a boop, which that's what we had worked under in the context of breadsticks. Arguably, the Vancouver Titans made it easier with breadsticks bingo. All that needs to happen is like two things across a bingo board because everyone gets the middle one free. And one of them was three critical hits from Linkser which when he was on Sombra was like, okay, that's a freebie. The problem is that's the only one they got, not only against the uprising, but against the Toronto defiant following up. If there is a phenomenal marketing play here, breadsticks is it. Yeah. But do you, do you honestly think breadsticks will be handed out like wheats, former coach of the, uh, the Vancouver Titans, um, friend of our show. He obviously joined us last year for our, our community games. He actually tweeted out, is there anything, is there a story more compelling than the effort that the Vancouver Titans are giving to try to give away breadsticks? Yeah, that's, unfortunately, that, that'll be the most memorable part about this uh, Titans season, what it looks like, uh, at least for now. I mean, everyone's talking about breadsticks. It's if you're great, Pizza Hut, great you're, marketing. <laughs> you're loving it. If you're Pizza Hut, you're like, we're all over this. But if you're like the Vancouver Titans as the players, if they're paying attention or as sort of the community, you either have to be like, yeah, okay, this is fun. Yay. Or, you know, to the words of, yeah. of, uh, you know, screw I, I'm done with it. Hey, uh, pizza hut, by the way, hit us up where we're, we'll gladly review those breadsticks. <laughs> That's about <laughs> the only way we might get them. Um, let's talk about this uh, match on Sunday though. The battle of Canada part two, the Toronto defiant taking on the Vancouver Titans. Things had already gotten a little bit hot under the collar with the Vancouver Titans staff match, uh, against the Toronto defiant staff. Uh, the Toronto defiant one, three Oh, did you watch that? I did. It was fun. I mean, okay. I want to point out, I want to see more of this stuff. Yeah. Like there was a, a Los Angeles gladiator, San Francisco shock sort of overwatch filmed, like, you know, call and answer smack toffee. Like, I love that. Add a little personality, mm -hmm. a little flavor, have something like that. Like the Vancouver Titans and Toronto defiant 
should be, you know, working together and, and sure. filming something like that back and forth. Like this is good stuff. The Toronto defiant staff just clapped. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know Vancouver had enough staff to field a six man roster. Well, they did. Um, <laughs> it was, it, the, the, someone described it that, um, it's just like the Toronto alpha flight, uh, RSP match. And I had actually suggested no alpha flight made sure it went five before they went and closed things down the Toronto defiant <laughs> staff. They were just keen on getting those three wins and, and be done with it. Uh, Vancouver Titan staff then had to go and put the We Heart Toronto um, stuff on on social. That for, ain't for a bad. No, but that's this is the, this is the stuff I like. This sure. Um, but let's talk about the match. Uh, the Vancouver Titans put up a fight on Oasis. Yeah, it was close. Near Toronto Defiant. Yeah, Toronto Defiant won this map. But it went both ways. Both teams bring in it. Like I actually felt having watched this map. Oh, we're going to have a good one. Mm-hmm. This might be akin to that. Was that playoff match that the Toronto Defiant and the yeah. Vancouver Titans had when Shock? I think it was Shockwave's first match. Yeah, where it went to that fifth map. I thought we had this on our hands after watching how Oasis went. It was very close. Uh, they they also won the first fight dominantly, despite losing Lingzer and Dalton. You know he got Ansu J at one point. Like the the when when they came back from respawn, he kills the Lucio uh, with the high noon. He, he was on the high ground, but below him, Titans kind of lo- lost the fight despite that. And I feel like the big big spot there of of like that cost Titans this map at least. It was another Blizz eat. From Michelle, mm-hmm. and that's something we, I already talked about in the, the previous matches. It's like, uh, I don't know how they do it, but apparently uh, Lingzer's um, blizzards are too predictable, maybe. And Vancouver's ults, they didn't achieve anything, not just the ones that were eaten. And well, yeah, but it was very close. And, and, and it seemed like Toronto were in control, but then... Hisu and Lastro were taken out, and it, it there was a fight with a four-on-four, four, and Vancouver got Sato as well, and it was like 99 hmm. to 99, but then guess what happens? That little kid that got picked up from contenders to just fill a spot, you know, he gets Dalton, and then a great blizzard from Hisu um, won them the map. It was a very close map, maybe the closest that there was in this game. This theme in this match was Aspire sucking the life out of the Vancouver Titans the moment they thought they had some. Sure. Um, As far as the eats, we should give some credit to to Friday. We got to see him uh, eat a couple blizzards too. Uh, Unfortunately, it felt that uh, those were more by accident. Um, But then uh, whether or not they were mattered little, where the Vancouver Titans found success was when they were actually getting those support picks. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment the Toronto Defiant lost either Lastra or Sunjay, that's when they started to yeah. appear shaky. And nearly every time, Sato was the next to fall. Yeah. That's when we saw the Titans have success. When did we see the Vancouver City Titans Center. not have success? City Center was uh, very good for them in that. Yeah. Yeah. Did what, what you just said. Right. Where did we see the Vancouver Titans not have success? Well, it's when they couldn't capitalize on on those early picks. Yeah. Like, again, it's, it's, it's foot forward, play aggressive. Now, after Oasis, which Toronto wins, they decided to settle things down. And settle did they ever. The Vancouver Titans, I mean, 
they put up a fight on Eichenwald. Yeah. Right. Like on, on defense, they, they put up a fight. Two minutes down, they would, they wasted from the clock. Uh, Dalton got like, a few good picks on Aspire's Reaper. And it seemed like Vancouver were there to follow up. But then there was like a, not a great shatter from Changsik. And there was a coalescence rush that I felt like kind of turned the tables for Toronto. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is Toronto had like plan A, plan B, plan yeah. C. Like they had, it seemed to be different pathways to success. Whereas yeah. the Vancouver Titans had plan A. And another thing that like came to light from this fight is the fact that they did not use EMP, which kind of set a pattern of, of them uh, winning very lean fights, not having to use like their most important uh, ultimates, preserving them for, uh, you know, the fights that came after exactly the opposite of what Vancouver were doing. Well, I think wasn't on like an icon wall. They got it around the first quarter having invested a coalescence. Right. That's, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Where right? they, Whereas where I it think started. The, tit- the Titans had invested. I wanted, I wanted to say they invested a coal. Like they had, it was a three to one shift with the alt economy. Sure. There was a shatter. And, there was a nano. I think, I think. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing was that the Toronto defiant were able to like, okay, if this happens, do this. And if that happens, do this. Like there was the, if then else logic, they had, a, they, they felt to me to be a better prepared team. Yeah. And the moment that the alt economy shifts, the Toronto defiant then continue to play smart while they might invest multiple alts. They're playing off the fact that they always had a couple in the can, whereas the Vancouver Titans were throwing the entire bag, yeah, especially to try at to the castle gates. Down. It was just preposterous before point two. Well, uh, it was, it was pointed out during the broadcast and there's something that I've never actually really noticed or paid much attention to, but it, it hit sound. The Vancouver Titans prolong losing fights. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, good one. Yeah. And ultimately pun intended, it helps charge alt for their opponent. It's, so it's a, the there's Titans, a way, way simpler way to, to say that they were feeding it well, true. But the the thing about this is that you know I never really like I, I we will talk about the Vancouver Titans feeding, but generally in the context of they're just throwing themselves at a wall. Whereas this is this is a lost point. Like it, you it's not as if you have to throw everything because if they capture this point, it's game over or match over or map over. No, we're talking about just getting it through the doors, regroup on the other side, set up. And when the Defiant get inside, the Vancouver Titans have changed their comp. They went into like a full bunker comp. I want to say it was at Lynxer that was on like Torb. Mm. Um, Chang Six switched over to like an Arissa. It didn't matter. The yeah. Defiant, while they were slowed down, I think they would have been slowed down either way, but they still found their way through. But the Defiant seemed to be much more accepting to the Vancouver Titans, potentially taking real estate. It, to to provide themselves a smarter defense. Again, this just yeah. comes to, in my mind. It's it's either it's either execution on the plan that's put into place or better preparation or both. Yeah, it's like a boxing match between like a, a newbie and a veteran, where where the vet, you know, he he lets that weaker opponent like uh, punch and punch and punch, and he loses all his energy and then yeah, wears himself out. Yeah, you know, it, in the Toronto Defiant probably at best put on a clinic on route 66. 
Like it was much of the same, like that first checkpoint, the Vancouver Titans threw more at that point checkpoint than they had necessarily needed to. And Toronto defiant, you know, quite smartly took advantage. You had aspire, uh, you know, again, breaking out the calisthenics, ensuring yeah. that, uh, he exerted authority on fire uh, and he's with, with very, very good EMPs all the time. Well, it, 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 it was so quick was to one, charge them too. Well, not only quick to charge, but he hits four or five. Yeah. Or at least he did against the Titans. Right. And I think the only reason he didn't get a six was because that Titan was coming back from spawn. No, no, it was actually, uh, <laughs> it was actually Dalton freelancing from behind trying to flank oh. the team. Well, okay. There. I mean, and it thing. happens. The, it the happened is, twice at the same spot, both on offense and on attack. Uh, sorry, on offense and on defense. But like, you know, I, I feel sorry for the Vancouver Titans because it, it there were people in Titans court and some on social that were suggesting that what we were witnessing was what you get to see in quick play. Yeah. I can't frustrating speak. to us as fans too. It's like, uh, I can't speak to the veracity of whether or not that's true. Cause all <laughs> I ever see is mystery heroes, but often the, the trickle in, is the killer in, in these matches. And I just, that's what the Titans were doing. Right, right. Where if they were to regroup, it was like, maybe a couple would regroup and then try to go and like, you know, <laughs> Vimy rigid. Like, can you imagine them being in chat? Like, Oh, stop, stop feeding, stop staggering, spamming, yeah. spamming that uh, G key for group just for, for the characters <laughs> to do their voice lines. Uh, playing a little, uh, call of overwatch. Wow. I, I don't know, but I mean, I, I I'm not trying to take anything away from the Toronto Defiant here. The Toronto yeah, they, Defiant they were definitively well. the stronger team. And and I feel that if there was a, a point in this schedule that gave me the most confidence that Toronto is is in a really good place, this is it. And they're obviously they got a bye weekend and we gotta see, you know, a couple more matches a weekend next. Uh, but the Defiant are setting themselves up quite well. They got the wins that they needed. Um, saying themselves two over the weekend, Vancouver Titans are 0-2. They're pretty much Titans are done. Uh, the, I mean, I don't. I actually was looking at the schedule. I don't genuinely know where the Vancouver Titans get a win until they play London at the end of the season. Yeah, that's how and even it feels. then. That's, that's like, not a given. What can you do? It, it, it will only happen if one at one point, like the Titans, play one hundred and ten percent, and some other team that is like a sub. Average team plays like 60%. Like they have a bad day. What can you yeah. do? Like we we're here every week discussing these, these games and, and like uh, clearly, you know, the teams are trying and clearly the coaches having, have their strats, but there's always at any league, like the teams that are at the, t- the, at the top and there are the teams that, at the bottom. And right now it, li- it looks like it's ine- inevitable for the Titans to be right there at the bottom. Well, it, it is, it is an inevitability. I mean, let's look at the weekend. Mm-hmm. They have, okay. At the start of the season, we would suggest that the match they have on Saturday at 12 noon Pacific, 3 PM Eastern against the Paris eternal would be a winnable one, but Paris is showing they are a much better team than our power rankings gave them credit. For. Sure. Um, is there a possibility the Vancouver Titans pull things together and get a win here? Yeah, totally. I mean, we yep. saw them play well and ultimately lose to Paris by losing 
not because necessarily Paris won, but Vancouver Titans found ways to lose. If the Titans put together the effort that we saw against the San Francisco Shock, that's what they need uh, to do. Like, just pretend that it's the Shock, right? Then, (laughs) then there might be potential here. But the Paris Eternal, Con and Don, are just dominant as a as a you know with as a pair. I know they're they're not synergistic heroes, but the point being is that the names are. Um, The Titans are going the wrong direction in a in a big hurry. So. I feel that the Vancouver Titans are going to lose three, one. I mean, if there's breadsticks here, it's because of the crazy bingo card uh, adjusting in such a way that allows for it. Yeah. A three, one is like a, a, also maybe an optimistic uh, prediction. Well, I'm giving them three, one here because I feel they're going to get three out on Sunday against the Houston outlaws at one 30 PM Pacific, four 30 Eastern. Sure. It could also be as easily like a 3-0 against Paris and a 3-1 against Houston for some like okay. you know, one map. Sure. It doesn't yeah. it, the no. Two losses is what we're getting at here. Yeah, I mean it's it is so tough. And I yeah. I I genuinely do not know what the answer is for the Vancouver Titans. Like I did not expect them to be as bad as they are. And that's harsh. Yeah, I, I think that that's maybe even unfair. They have improved comparative to what we saw sort of of this roster somewhat last year. Mm, I, I don't know about the, that. I don't know about uh, that. I, I think they have, but the problem mm. is the entire league in front of them has improved too. That's also true. Right? Like even if, even if they hadn't improved, give me a team like London. Okay, sure. London or Paris have regressed, but Paris is showing much more life with the roster they have than the Vancouver Titans have. Um, London is the one match and the Vancouver Titans get them, get them at the end of the season where you kind of wonder like, Hey, could be a win here, but like, (laughs) and that's the best you can hope for. Right. That's sad. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if we're a podcast that was just covering the Vancouver Titans only, it would be tough. Thankfully we do have the Toronto defiant giving us hope. That was a a great transition. (laughs) Great call last year. I I do wish the the Toronto defiant were maybe more consistent. And I think this is where we're starting to see that happen. As we talked about aspire uh, in our last episode, we were curious what would happen. He's been extended another 30 days. I don't get this. Maybe. Okay. Let me phrase it. I do from an organizational perspective, give him a 30 day contract. The kids doing enough in my mind that he deserves yeah. a, a contract for the rest of the season. Yeah. Some team, like, some other team might just snag him if, you know, he feels like, oh, they're just, you know, extending and extending for 30 days. And, and I, you know, I think, you know, you think about it like the San Francisco shock where they have a million different players on their roster, you know, who knows how they afford that, or maybe players are on team friendly contracts, but I don't feel that Toronto signing aspire to a full deal hurts them outside of maybe in the pocketbook. Yeah, like, I agree. You know, you're he's he is showing that he can play yeah. and he can play with some of the top, you know, players on the opposite side. Um, is he the end all or bill? No, no, but the kids got game, and the fact that he didn't find a spot until now kind of shocks me. I, I feel like Aspire is the Toronto Defiant answer to the Vancouver Titans signing shockwave last year. Sure. Yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah. What about Um, nice? uh, Is he, um, available? I'm not. 
Well, so this is the, like logics hasn't been getting in nice. We haven't seen like one of the keys to the game for the Titans was to, to keep nice and check. And yeah. they did because he didn't get into the, the game. Um, <laughs> logics went and clapped at the, the Vancouver Titans. Yeah. About, uh, Valentine's a turret being a more competition and, and fried <laughs> to his credit clap back by telling logics that maybe you need to get uh, into a game and actually win the one map you played. Like I, I, I love that there's this, there's, yeah animosity between the two teams that's where i feel that they can they can build upon that but it's always good to have a guy like fried on the team his mustache is incredible and he's uh, working a mullet brings me joy to yeah watching him play that's true yeah um but uh it's been a long uh a long uh, episode so far we got a little bit more to get to why don't we take ourselves a short break and uh, then dive into the fray Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the week that was. Lots of crazy went on. Um, we'll get into it in a moment. Uh, the Paris Eternal kicked things off by beating the London Spitfire 3-1. Uh, Los Angeles Gladiators beat the San Francisco Shock 3-2. I mean, this was going to be a good match, and mm-hmm. uh, the Shock, uh, you know, fell to the Glad. So, I, you know, it could have gone either way, especially with the Shock playing as they were. Uh, Hangzhou Spark uh, beat the Los Angeles Valiant 3-0. There was no doubt there. Seoul Dynasty beat the Chengdu Hunters mm-hmm. 3-1. I don't know what to make of Chengdu. I truly don't. <laughs> And like some weekends they're dominant, other weekends they're, not so uh, much. This was, this was not consistently so much. inconsistent. Yeah. Uh Guangzhou charge beat the New York Excelsior 3-2. This was one that I actually had thought New York, based on the performance that we had seen out of the uh June Joust, would have been able to to be maybe a little more dominant. They weren't. Went uh both you know back and forth. Ultimately, uh-huh. I actually got, the, got the full three points for that one because I expected yeah, well, them to fall back to earth after the hero see, pools I, I were three- extended. I had it three, two, the other way. Mm-hmm. So, so I felt it was going to be close, but I, I thought New York would, would be able to pull that out. Um, but that said, the San Francisco shock played the London Spitfire. Are these the London Spitfire that we're supposed to beat soon? This, this is supposed to be the, the team that the Vancouver Titans have the best chance to, to be. <laughs> yeah. And arguably if the Vancouver Titans play like the San they did against the San Francisco shock, it could be a good match because the London Spitfire nearly beat the shock. It was three, two like, yes, the shock got the win, but if there's ever a win where you're like, Oh my goodness, that was it. Yeah. The shock are weaker than they were. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, We already know that, Toronto Defiant beat the Florida Man 3-2. The Boston Rising beat the Vancouver Titans 3-1. Seoul Dynasty then 3-0 the Hangzhou Spark. Hangzhou had a good run. Now things are starting to uh, to maybe slow down for them. Obviously, they did get the win over the Valiant. That was expected. But the Seoul Dynasty just had their number. Chengdu Hunters then go beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-0. Because, hey, who knows what <laughs> Chengdu's going to do? <laughs> like, uh... No rhyme or reason here. Uh, and New York Excelsior beat the Valiant 3-0. And that's given. Then we get to Sunday. The Paris Eternal beat the Los Angeles Gladiators 3-2. 
I remember from last year there was the circle of suck where every team like beat another team and it just trans turns into this big circle. Maybe that's what we have right now. Maybe, maybe. Um, but this match is then followed up by the Boston Uprising Florida Mayhem. Sweet, one might sweeping. have argued that the Mayhem uh, had the match to lose, and they found a way. Not only did they lose, they lose convincingly. But this is this is the thing. This Boston Uprising that you saw play here. This is the team that I feel Boston can be. Yeah. Like all season long, I've been giving Boston, like essentially in the pickums, I've been picking them and they've, they, they've just sort of things fell apart or they lose or whatever. That's what I saw. This is the Boston. I think that that could be much more dominant. Did you pick them against the mayhem though? Yes. Oh, nice. Good pick. Yeah. I did pick them to win. I picked them to win three, two. Mm-hmm. Not 3-0. Why would I pick the Boston Uprising to beat a Florida man 3-0? Yeah. No, definitely. I, I don't think I even picked them to win this one. Yeah. Um, and then we already know the Toronto Defiant beat the Vancouver Titans 3-0. So that, uh, that sets up this weekend. So what's going on this weekend? Well, kicking things off on Friday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. The uh, San Francisco Shock take on the Paris Eternal, and I don't know what to Ooh, make Oh, interesting match. match, actually. Like, so... The San Francisco Shock are expected to win this. But then Paris beat the Glads. The Glads beat the Shock. It's not going to be easy. Like, I don't know. I, I, I And it's not like it used to be when the Shock would lose or they'd play poorly. They came back with a vengeance to see a little chip on their shoulder. Or point. Sure. To, they don't seem to be that team anymore. Sure. Yeah, so I don't even know. <clears throat> this is a straight up, you know, pick them. It's a pick 'em, pick 'em. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, Washington Justice uh, take on the Atlanta Rain. Uh, I, I have the weirdest uh, like feeling about the Washington Justice. I don't know why, but I always have the notion of them playing in the APAC region. I feel yeah. like like they're not supposed to be here. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to give this one to the Justice. I don't know what the score will be though. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Fusion Guangzhou Charge at uh, 2 a.m. Pacific, uh, 5 a.m. Eastern on the Saturday. Um, this should be Phillies to lose. Right. Um, but like Phillies going through their own sort of San Francisco shock arc right now. Yeah. Uh, Seoul Dynasty, Shanghai Dragons. This should be a good matchup. Ooh, match of the uh, week, I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shanghai, I think, takes this one, but this, this is the, of the matches to, to to get up early for this is this is the one um and uh, the encore will not be them it'll be philly and uh, <laughs> guangzhou because of know, course yeah uh the um i guess it's for philly fans more more like yeah, that, and that, that makes sense, actually. That makes sense. Uh, Saturday at noon, we already talked about the Paris Eternal uh, and the Vancouver Titans. That match will be followed by the Dallas Fuel Florida Mayhem. I got to give this one to the Fuel. I mean, the Fuel seem to be meta-proof right now. Sure. Um, this will be their first match, obviously, in this whatever we want to call it, meta. Um, but I, I feel the Fuel have continued to to perform, so give that to them. And then the Houston Outlaws into San Francisco another Shock. Another good this, one. This is this should be a good yeah, one. I think I'm giving it to the outlaws. Yeah, yeah, that's totally feasible. Like this week is very interesting compared to last week for sure. Oh gosh, yeah. There's m- more compelling matches to watch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
at uh, 2 a.m. Pacific, uh, 5 a.m. Eastern Sunday, Seoul Dynasty are taking on the Guangzhou Charge, uh, followed by the Philadelphia Fusion Shanghai Dragons, which, again, this should be Pretty a good. compelling match, right? And that's also the encore. It makes sense mm-hmm. for the Philly fans. The uh, match to kick off the afternoon at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, Atlanta Rain take on the Dallas Fuel. Again, I'm going to give this to the Fuel. Not a bad match, though. Uh, Titans are going to lose to the Outlaws at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> and then you got the Justice and Ma'am. I don't know what to make of the Justice. Obviously, they had a few hiccups last stage. Uh, Florida Mayhem has had a <laughs> hiccup this stage. They're kind of like the Chengdu of NA right now. Yeah, pretty much, right? So um, I, I still think that this this could be an even fight. Um, I'm not, I have no idea who I'm going to give it sure. to, though. What's... This this week's pickums is going to be worse because well actually it could be better because last week I got burned by what I thought would happen that didn't whereas this week I have no idea what's going to happen and that generally yeah. is where I get all my points might be better for sure yeah um, speaking of of the uh, the pickums though um, obviously you want to make sure you get your picks in on time um, here are a few of you who may not have uh, realized that the uh, Overwatch League was uh, back in action. Uh, so for that, uh, wah, many apologies. it happens, happens to the best of them. Um, but, uh, when we look at the summer showdown standings, uh, the, <laughs> uh, top person right now on the strike 32 points, uh, KOJ or coach at 28 points, me at 26 points. It was a rough weekend. Like arguably, you know, the things were tight uh, Kevin Liu actually tied for third, 26 points, uh, sir, Dr. How Jan, come you get the points. podium though? I don't know. I'm just reading what Overwatch League is rigged. But when we we look at the overall, because the overall is like again where it matters most on the year in the league, oh, 215 points. Starting to build a gap you've there. Got, you've got a six point lead on Sheep at 209, at one point ahead of Kevin Lou there, and then I am in fourth, tied with the coach KJ at 202 points. Um, our friend of the uh, from across the Atlantic Ocean, Alteron, he's at uh, sixth. Uh, and tied with a, a Danimal 195, and then it goes down from there. But uh, if you're someone like uh, like uh, Sam, who has 59 points in the <laughs> season, I think Sam's uh, Sam's forgetting to to make his picks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But uh, it is never too late. We obviously look at each of the individual um, you know stages. So summer showdowns where it's at, and right now Omni is currently in first place. Uh, if you haven't uh, signed up for Pickums, do so. It's easy. Just go to the OverwatchLeague.com website. Go to the Pickums site. Uh, log in and then yeah. uh, lock in your picks before the matches start each weekend to uh, get points and uh, yeah. you know score big. To quote the famous poet Aubrey Drake Graham, started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, there have been some changes, though, over the course of uh, the week. The San Francisco Shock made some changes since our last episode. This was actually in time for the weekend. Uh, they uh, announced that Stryker was leaving the team. Stryker had announced that he's retiring. And this got so many people by surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, what's going on in San Francisco? The Overwatch League sits down with the Los Angeles Gladiators and the San Francisco Shock. They they film uh, some, some stuff. They get Moth to say... Uh, no ands, no win. And the San Francisco shock are like, oh, thanks for saying that. By the way, we've signed Ans. Hmm. Ans is back. This is like, he's retired, what, twice? I I, I don't recall the first one, but well, maybe. I think the first one is contenders. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look, I mean, again, young kids, they can retire as many times as they want. It's just kind of surreal that you retire. Yeah. I, like, I hope he you know. has, have some, has something in the RRSB. True. 
Uh, the Hangzhou Spark, they, uh, they uh, cut Takoyaki. Um, and uh, the Houston Outlaws uh, announced that uh, Hydration is uh, no longer with the team. Mm. Uh, although Hydration has not seen any action sure. and the way Houston was playing likely never was. Um, Hydration in his sort of like, you know, Twitlonger had talked a little bit about how he's not done with Overwatch yet. Um, but then there was some sort of reading into it, believing that he wasn't even with the outlaws or hadn't been for, for some time. So, cause he had apparently even seen like scrim action yeah. or anything like that. So. Takoyaki's delicious though. I'm, I'm sad he's, uh, cut. Yeah. It's a great, great, very tasty food. Okay. I'll take your word. And for, it. um, striker and Ans, uh, I'm happy that Ans is back. I still think it's a downgrade as much as I like Ans. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I, San Francisco has, you know, a bench the size. Yeah, of, they're stacked. You know, the I'm not going to cry for them, uh, like, losing a player. No, no. They can. And the fact that they, they added ons. I mean, there are teams in the league that could yeah. do better with an upgrade to ons. For sure. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Uh, lots obviously going on this weekend. If you happen to be the Vancouver Titans, uh, fans, uh, if you're a Toronto Defiant fan, you got a weekend off to, uh, to collect your uh, devices before the Defiant are back in action in the following week. Uh, as I am going to call it here, I think the Defiant themselves are going to be playing in the, uh, or sorry, summer showdown, the playoffs, uh, Titans, not so much. Anything can happen, but I, I got some, I got some faith in the, uh, the Defiant. In fact, like when we, we look at sort of the schedule ahead, and I sort of talked about this in, in the payload, but when we look at the, the schedule for, for both of these teams, the Toronto Defiant, they do have some tough matches. They have got a match against the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Dallas Fuel, not this weekend, the weekend pre next, but I, I, I feel that they can go toe-to-toe with both of these teams. I feel they can get themselves a win out of either of those, or at least have them in such, such a competitive place that that three Oh drubbing of the Vancouver Titans gets them past the sort of the final line to get in. But when we look at the, uh, the rest of the season, the defiant are going to play the spitfire, the justice, the eternal and the shock. Mm. And yes, one might argue, well, the justice and shock, those should be tough matches. Eternal and spitfire should be ones that the defiant win. I think the Defiant could go toe-to-toe with the Justice. The Shock are the big question mark, but they're not the Shock of old. And I think Toronto, again, could go toe-to-toe. So, sure. I mean, we look at the Defiant, they're in, they're in a really good spot. Now, if we, we do the same thing and we we go look at the Titans, because, again, their they're, summer showdown's done after this weekend. Um, they play the uh, <laughs> Uprising again, uh, Week 17. That's in uh, August. Um, which is, it's sad. Like how many times are the Titans getting like one month breaks? Um, they play the uprising in August, then the justice, <laughs> they then play the shock again. Lots of but time hey, they, to they wrap things up. grind competitive. Yeah. They wrap things up against the, the spitfire. So I, and it's is what it is. Yeah. Is what it is. Oh, so yeah, that's it, uh, for a solid show. Um, we got a review. Really? Yeah, we got a review nice. uh, titled RSP loves their listeners. Five out of five stars. It's go sons. Go almost as cool <laughs> as the blazers. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Uh, someone by the name of chicken Jawa. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's cool. Now that he's uh, off of the air, he can actually give us a review. That's sweet of him. The, the thing is, I swear he actually reviewed the show when he was a host. Really? Uh, that sounds I like something did, Sam like would in do. Our first, in our first year, I think he had uh, <laughs> left a review too. But as you've seen, if you reach this point, we read all of our reviews verbatim. And it's been a while since we've had one. So thank you, Sam, for, for or sorry, we don't know it's Sam chicken job no, for, for dropping us a review on, on apple podcasts but uh if you leave us a review um on whatever podcatcher that you can uh the moment we see it we will read it verbatim uh, on an upcoming episode uh but if you're wanting to support the show uh, you can find us online at poem.com obviously join rsp discord's great place discord dial slash ready sit poem and all the socials were, were ready sit poem but uh what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our listeners there on houston might have cut hydration doesn't mean you should drink water. Okay. I wasn't going to be as witty as you were, but I was going to tell everyone to drink water. <laughs> Stole it away from you. Yeah. I don't even have any witty words now. Well, there you go. You can just join me in. It's very important right now. Yeah. Drink, drink water, hydrate. And Oh, on that note, you shouldn't just gulp back water. Like don't down it. Um, as fast as you can. You should take a few sips every few minutes. You should actually nurse the water because it allows your body time to actually put the water to use. When you down it, your body is then just forcing it through and uh, soon you'll be getting exercise. Nice. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Lightforce, uh, it's time to sign off. Catchphrase. Thank you.